ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, anything you want to reach out to us for, please feel free to do so. Two easy ways to do that. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, at sfdiocese, and use the hashtag ignition. Uh, my co-host today, who's been, as, as our um, engineer Tim said, he, he's leveled up, um, much to his chagrin, I think, is Father, jo- <laughs> Father Joseph Scholden. Father, welcome. Thank you. It's uh, good to be co-hosting with it you. It is. So no longer a guest co-host because Father's going to is on the ignition and or will be on ignition enough um, uh, over the course of at least the next year or so um, that, that I felt it was worthy to drop the guest adjective from your title. Well, thank you very much. You're, you're welcome, <laughs> Father. So would you mind uh, just briefly introducing yourself to the listening audience? Sure. Uh, I'm Father Joseph Schulten, priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, happy to be serving at St. Lambert Parish and uh, at O'Gorman High School as the chaplain. Uh, I am beginning my second year as a priest, so it hasn't been too long, but uh, but it's a great life, and I'm very glad to be living it and serving here and uh, to be on the podcast slash radio show with you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and if you've never listened to Ignition before, I am Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese, Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, been in that role since the fall of 2002, but more importantly, Husband to Germain uh, since 1999. July 31st, the feast of? July 31st? Um, oh, Father. Oh, shoot. So I, 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 I just dropped that on Father, so yeah, listeners, don't, sorry. don't hold it against him. But Father, you, you, where'd you go to school again? <laughs> is that St. Ignatius? It is indeed. That's so Ignatius. where'd you go to school again? I was again? thinking, I went to the Pontifical Gregorian University, which has been in the care of the Society of Jesus since its beginnings in the um, 16th century, I think. Does this go all the way yeah, back to the 16th? Yeah, it goes pretty back. Yeah, yeah, it goes pretty far back. So, yeah, the, the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, as they're commonly known, um, Saint, we got married on the Feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola, 1999. We have five kids. They're all born in, lived, live, of course, with us in sunny Sioux Falls. Sometimes well, sunny. Sunny time, late, late Occasionally. Late. <laughs> most, most of the time. Most of the time. So... What we're going to be doing on this episode is is looking, um, speaking of summer, because it's often sunny in summer. This is my attempt at a segue, more S's in alliteration. Um, <laughs> recently, uh, Sunday before last, if, if you're listening to the, depending on when you're listening to this, um, Sunday the 24th of June, we celebrated the solemnity of St. John, the birth of St. John the Baptist. Yes, we did. Um, and happy birthday, St. John. Happy birthday to... Um, so what we're going to talk about today is a little bit about St. John, John the Baptist and, and the theme that we see um, operative in his life, but that really applies to us all. Would you, is that a fair description with, without giving too much I think away? So. I think, yeah. That, that a fair description? Father? I think so. Okay. I think so. If he didn't have anything to do with us, we wouldn't be talking about it. That's right. Because here at Ignition, we endeavor only to present the most relevant, incisive Catholic commentary 
and material for evangelization that we can come up with. This is that's a great tagline. Only yes. the most relevant and incisive commentary. I like that, I like that. I like that a lot too. Incisive. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but <laughs> but what, what did, did, don't take my word for it. We want to do. Did you say we want to do that? That necessarily means we do. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We have ideals. We we have goals. There we go. We're striving for. There we go. Um, so yeah, John the Baptist. So we, we but this was the solemnity of his birth. Which is a little bit unique, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, there aren't too many saints whose birthdays we celebrate. Not many se. at all, I don't think. Really just, um, just two, John the Baptist and the Blessed Mother. Right. Uh, we celebrate Jesus' birth, obviously, uh, on December 25th. But other than, other than him, yeah, just, uh, just these two figures. And that shows their real importance in, um, in God's plan and God's plan in the world that these... Uh, Mary has a pretty special place, and um, obviously, you know, she. Uh, we're more familiar with him or with her uh, throughout through the Catholic faith, and you know, Mary's talked about a lot, but we don't talk about John the Baptist a lot. But the church's calendar itself just shows us how uh, how important a role John plays also in salvation history, given that we celebrate his birth. Um, right. So, do we? What are there other? I feel like there are other feasts for John. Yeah, there's the feast of his of his martyrdom. Which as when, well. do, when do we? When do You're we putting me on the date with all the, I, I know, on the spot with all these calendar no, questions. I don't know either. Dr. Bergwald. I'm, I'm feverishly googling. You're, you're, you're supposed <laughs> to be buying time. I'm the, sorry. Tell a joke. That's no. a great question. <laughs> I, I wish I had a John the Baptist joke prepared, but I really oh, uh, uh, I got nothing. I don't know. Uh, somebody. Oh 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 oh. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. August twenty. No, that's the, in the Easter. Yeah, August 29th. I thought it was in the summer too. Yeah, so it's right after. Uh, now this this one I do know. Do you know whose feasts immediately precede? No. See at the Greg. This is this is this is your Greg education manifested. I went to the Angelicum listeners. The Angelicum is the. I, admittedly, much less renowned <laughs> school in Rome, run by the Dominican. I'm going to get ahead of any jokes that Father's going to make about at the, at the Angelicum's expense. No, Saint John Paul II went there. Yes, he, <laughs> he turned out all right. <laughs> so it's uh, the Pontifical University of Saint Thomas Aquinas, run by the Dominicans, commonly called the Angelicum, because Saint Thomas Aquinas is the angelic doctor. Um, and apparently, they taught you the calendar. They and. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little rivalry, a healthy rivalry between um, uh, at least alumni of the school, the schools, the Greg and the Angelicum. Twenty uh, seventh Saint Monica, twenty eighth Saint Augustine. That I should have known. I thought I thought you might know that. I'm just I... uh, sorry. I come into this room where we're recording with the uh, the purple foam walls and like all of my all of my uh, sort of. Knowledge on the horizon just gets sucked up, I think, into these but, foam walls. And I'm just thinking, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, John the Baptist. They, they, so. they suck up not only the sound, but also um, your intelligence as well. Apparently, yeah, what, at least sort we're, of where we're going. Yeah, sort of okay. intelligence that's not immediately relevant to the topic. Um, do we indeed? Any, there's no other feasts of, of John's that we celebrate, are there? Just those, those two. And so, then he comes up quite a bit in Advent as well. Right. Um, Advent to this time of, of expectation, anticipation of the, of the coming of the Christ, Jesus, our Lord, the Messiah. And uh, John, of course, is the figure that, that most clearly brings us into that, uh, that posture of waiting and anticipation. Right. Um, which I think 
is very relevant to our own lives. And, uh, and that's, I think the lens we want to look at John the Baptist in today that, uh, that our lives are our expectation. Yeah. Our lives are in a, in a fundamental way, uh, a waiting for a longing for another. Um, and John the Baptist is a figure who, uh, whose presence testifies to that, to that waiting, to that anticipation, you know, that uh, that the human person is made for John. John not only represents that anticipation, but he he claims that there's a fulfillment. And, and we'll get to that in greater detail right. instead of in part two of this of the second half of this episode, not not in part two. Um, anyway, so um, John's, but I think it's what you were just speaking to anticipation and so on. So he comes up a lot in Advent, but I, I don't think most people think of John the Baptist because it was unusual this year that his, uh, the solemnity of his birth fell on a Sunday. So typically it, it obviously doesn't, it's always on the 24th of June. Um, so I think many Catholics wouldn't necessarily be attuned to this, this great feast of his birth. I love to point out in my family, of course, that it, it's, it means six Christmas is only six months away. That's true. Which is usually yeah. to my wife's chagrin because she enjoys the season of summer <laughs> and doesn't want to be reminded that winter right. is just six months away. Right. Uh, so. But it's kind of encouraging because now we're on the, we're on the downhill slope toward Christmas. I like that. Who doesn't like Christmas? I know. Exactly. The Grinch. Exactly. Um, so there's a, so there's a scriptural reason for that. Um, which is given in uh, in the first chapter of Luke, because you know that um, Jesus is conceived three months uh, after, excuse me, six months after um, John the Baptist is conceived. So the angel Gabriel first makes that proclamation, that announcement to Zechariah that he and Elizabeth will have a child, and uh, and then John the Baptist, of course, is that child who will herald in the coming of the Messiah, and then. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, it says uh, the angel was sent to Mary in Nazareth. And so John is, according to the Gospel of Luke, John's six months older than, right. than our Lord. And so naturally, his <clears throat> birthday is celebrated more or less six months before Jesus, before Christmas. Right. So, so that's why we celebrate it when we do. I mean, people might be, well, why are we? Well, because scripture tells us yes. he was born six months beforehand. There's also a beautiful. Uh, cosmological reasoning that happens or uh, in connection with those birthdays though um, many people know that that uh, Jesus was uh, that the birthday of Jesus coincides pretty closely with the uh, winter, winter solstice. solstice that's right so the um, daylight is is uh, reduced to you know the the shortest days of the year but then, at Christmas time, I forget which day it is exactly, but uh, the sunlight starts to increase, right? right? The daylight increases, so the so the sun begins to come back, if you will. And some people theorize that Christmas was um, placed there, or the Christians started celebrating Christmas to coincide with with that event, which was also a, an event in the pagan calendars. Um, there's not a lot of evidence for that in early Christian writings. Uh, there's you know no um, no Early Christian writers see it as as just kind of arbitrary or uh, up to them when they celebrate the birth of Christ. They take it as a given mm-hmm. when as soon as they start writing about it. Um, but it is a beautiful coincidence, right? That Christ is born, the light of the world, and then all of a sudden days start to get brighter, Longer. right? Well, that means that six months uh, 
before that, the sun starts to diminish. The daylight starts to diminish. And what did John say? Uh, what did John say when when uh, when people were complaining? His disciples were complaining that that people were going to follow Jesus instead of him. John said, "He must increase, but I must decrease." Right. right. And uh, so there's a beautiful symbolism in that as well. That even though daylight is decreasing as we speak day by day. Uh, at least John the Baptist is okay with that. He, he is indeed. If you're just tuning in and listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization, I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and across the desk from me is... Father Joseph Schulten. Who is my co-host today, and we're talking about St. John the Baptist and some of the themes from his life, because just recently we celebrated his birth, uh, and that's what we were just talking about now, that his birth is six months before Jesus's. Um, so, Father, I think maybe just to spend, well, let's spend a few minutes before we get into back to that theme that you alluded to earlier. Uh, I think it's important that you, you, you um, highlighted rightly as we we're discussing this episode, it's important to talk about John the Baptist not just as this idea or ideal of anticipation, but as in fact a real man uh, who was um, not only a prophet, a Jewish prophet, but the greatest of Jewish prophets, of the Jewish prophets, as Jesus himself would say about him. So let's let's just take a few minutes to talk about who John the Baptist was, uh, and then a little bit about why he's important to us as a segue into this theme that we want to talk about it. Definitely, yeah. John, John really sums up in his person the entirety of uh, of the Old Testament prophecy, right? That um, from the time of from the time of the monarchy on, and there it's anticipated before that, but especially from the time of the monarchy, uh, the the God Spirit, the Holy Spirit, operates in Israel through this office of prophecy, right? And the prophets have various roles to to rebuke, for example, kings that are going astray, to to call back the people to faithfulness to God's covenant, to encourage them in times of uh, distress or national disaster, um, to encourage them to um, to a mission such as rebuilding the temple that God has for them. Um, but essentially, the prophet's role is to uh, point to God's action right. and God's God's plan. Uh, the prophet is the one that proclaims God's at work. He's in our midst. He has something for us. Uh, he has a task for us and, a, and an invitation for us. And, uh, and that is that is epitomized. That role is is perfected in John the Baptist, who uh, who stands on the cusp of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 at least points across that threshold to um, the definitive entrance of the divine into the history of Israel in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. Um, and Jesus, like you say, uh, calls him the greatest of those born of women. So right. pretty high high praise coming from Jesus Christ himself. Right. The greatest of all those born of women. And... Uh, after the transfiguration, when the disciples are, are asking about um, Elijah, because there's this tradition um, based on another prophecy that uh, that the prophet Elijah would return, um, Jesus tells his disciples, tells John and Peter and James, tells them well, Elijah has returned in the person of John the Baptist. Right. That, that this man who has risen in Israel um, right before me... Uh, this man is Elijah in some in some mysterious way. He is that that prophetic presence of Elijah, uh, preparing the way of the Lord. 
real briefly on that. Um, some people ask, so does that mean that he literally, I mean, was, was Elijah, did he rise from the dead and was called John the Baptist? Was this reincarnation? No. Um, it's, it's, it's that he was a prophet in the spirit of Elijah regarded as the greatest of the old Testament prophets. Right. 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 Yeah. Definitely. So, um, we know a little bit from primarily from scripture, of course, that we know anything about John. Um, so just to briefly recap what we find, uh, especially in Luke's gospel, you referred to it earlier when you're talking about um, Gabriel's um, annunciation to Mary and the timing and so on of, of John's birth relative to Jesus's. Um, we know from that, that, that John himself is the, um, I don't know if miraculous, uh, unexpected, certainly promised um, child from the that that Zechariah, a, a priest, and um, his wife Elizabeth were waiting for, been praying for. She was barren, and yet because of the, is uh, Gabriel tells Zechariah that he will bear a son um, with his wife, and that's John the Baptist. So he's born of a priest. Right, mm-hmm. um, and after Mary visits Elizabeth, the visitation, um, and we read that John's filled with the Holy Spirit, leaps in the womb of his mother Elizabeth. We don't read anything about him until we see him on the scene um, of his public ministry, preaching the uh, message of repentance to the people. Right. Anything right. else to say about? what we know about his like uh, <laughs> early, early months of existence or, or um, anything other than his, um, before well, think, his ministry. I think um, two things. Uh, one, well, this is when he actually begins his ministry, but just to say that his, his, his fame and um, the knowledge of John and, and his message really spread uh, not just throughout the land of Israel, but, but even, um, even the surrounding area, the surrounding Mediterranean world, John had a huge impact at the time, and he's been eclipsed or overshadowed, so to speak, by Jesus, rightly so, and he right. would have wanted it that way. Uh, but before before the gospel got out, John's message had had spread, and so we uh, we don't want to underestimate the the real way that he did you know concretely prepare a people when when uh paul goes to ephesus in acts 19 and meets certain disciples there uh they've been baptized but only with the baptism of john right and so it's an indication that that what he was doing um preparing a people for for the lord really um he did he fulfilled that role you know, there were people who had heard of him who had begun to live his message of repentance already, even as far as Ephesus, which is in modern day Turkey. Right. So that's one thing about just you know the, the, there's historical evidence that that John really had a had a, that preparatory role. Um, and then secondly, that something you mentioned uh, that I don't want to overlook that John leapt for joy in the womb mm. when when Christ, who himself was in the womb in, in utero. Uh, came with the Blessed Virgin Mary to visit Elizabeth. Sometimes John uh, appears as a very harsh, a very stark figure, and he is. I mean, he's in the Gospels, right? He's he's in the desert, he's eating locusts, he's dressed in itchy camel's hair. Like, right. He, his, whole, his whole being is just tense Austere. toward God, right? Yeah. And, and, and anything that is not... Uh, that of God is just superfluous and it's been cast off. And so that can seem kind of daunting or kind of harsh to us, but... But our first, the first thing that's recorded about John, his first action is this leap of joy 
at the presence of the Messiah. So uh, the reason for his, his austerity, his fasting, and all of that um, is because he knows a greater fullness. Mm-hmm. He knows the greater fullness is at hand, the real source of joy, the, the lasting source of human fulfillment. And, uh, and he knew that fulfillment. He had met it um, even in the womb. You listen to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. Father Joseph Schulten is with me, and we're talking about um, St. John the Baptist, uh, who he was, and, and Father, we're getting there. And if you, By the way, if you have questions about what we're discussing, contact information, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Um, you're touching then, this is a great transition point to his importance and that theme that we touched on at the top of the show, why he matters for us today. So I'd just like to spend the last seven minutes or so of, of this episode talking about that point, how um, you alluded to earlier, the whole, the fact that the sun's, the daylight's getting shorter, uh, funny divine providence working there. John saying, I must decrease, he must increase with regard to Jesus, mm-hmm. um, where he uh, a phrase that you used uh, have used to speak about him. He um, points to another, and in so doing, that says something about not only about himself and Jesus, but also about each of us as well. Right, right. So as we celebrate John the Baptist's birthday, we're celebrating the birth of a man who was acutely aware that he was not enough. He was not self-sufficient or mm-hmm. all-sufficient, uh, and that's worth spending some time with, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially in America, we have, you know, the ideal of the self-made man, autonomy and independence is so highly prized, uh, but it doesn't take too long for us to realize, no, we can't fulfill ourselves, right? right? Um, and like I said, John's whole being points to another, to the coming Messiah, the fulfillment of Israel's hope. Uh, and in a way, our whole being points to, or at least expects, longs for a fulfillment that doesn't come from us, Mm. right? Um, It doesn't take too long reflecting on it to realize that we didn't make ourselves. Right. You know, Father Father Rich Veris, uh, that was one of his main points, and it seems so simple. When he came to do a mission uh, at St. Joseph Cathedral here in Sioux Falls, uh, back during Lent, but his his very first point, I didn't make me, right? I didn't make myself. And... um, and so if I didn't make myself, that means that I don't fulfill myself, mm. right? Neither my beginning nor my end goal are, uh, are found within me. They're given. And uh, John the Baptist uh, points to that fulfillment, like I say, in his, in his insistence that the, that the Messiah is at hand, that the coming of God's kingdom is at hand, uh, that, there is a, that there is a fulfillment, a completion to human anticipation and longing. Um, I kind of like to talk about that. Uh, should I talk about the belly button? Yeah. This is a good time. Yes, okay. Yes, Let's talk time. about the belly button. The belly button. All right. What? So, what? What? No, what? You've got one. I'm yes, not going to ask do. you if, an, if you have an innie or an outie. Okay, please don't. Um, <laughs> I could. I could put you on the spot. But that's all right. That's not what we're interested in here at the, this is a serious podcast dedicated to only the most serious. And incisive. Commentary. And incisive commentary. Um, no, so you have a belly, well, what's your belly button say, right? That you were born. Right. That you came from another. Right. Do we have a spiritual belly button? A spiritual so, belly button. All right. Huh. I spoke, well, uh, in some sense, <laughs> the fact that, yeah, okay, keep going. Is there a sign? Is, can, we, can we see signs or traces in our own nature, in ourselves, right? That we, uh, that we come from another. 
uh, not just biologically, but, but spiritually, spiritually as, as well. well. Right. Um, do we see traces of that in, in, in human nature or in human experience? And, and I think we do. I think we do. I think there's a lot in, like in us that can't be explained without reference to something greater than ourselves. Now, you, you don't have to call that God right away. You don't have to say, well, this is, the, this is the triune God revealed in Jesus Christ. But you have to admit that there's something there, I think. You know, for example, um, there's a lot of stuff going on down at the border right now. With Mexico. Right, right. Our, yep. the Mexican-American border. And there's a, um, some pretty sad situations, and we're praying for uh, a just fulfillment Right. Why do we want that? You know, because no matter who you are, uh, you think something should be done. Right. right? You think things aren't good as they are. Something right. needs to be done. Right. There needs to be some sort of solution. There needs to be some sort of justice that's brought about. Um, why do we have that? Why do we have this this sense that that justice is uh, not only desirable but even possible? Because usually when we look out in the world, uh, we recognize situations are often unjust. Right. And, and yet we have this, we can't help but the yearning hope. yearning for, right. Yep. And yearn for, for a right solution to things. A fulfillment. You know, a fulfillment. Uh, and not just with other people's uh, problems or situations, but with our own. <laughs> when, when, uh, when things don't go right for us, I think, no, it shouldn't be this way. When you're, you have to tell your kids uh, something and you know, they say, that's not fair. Yep. Right. Yep. You didn't have to teach them that phrase. Yep. They, yep. Okay. <laughs> sure. I've got five that I hear all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it's good. They have an innate longing for justice. So that's, that's, that's an example of it's our spiritual belly button. That it's a part of saying. it. You okay. know, why do we have this? If, uh, if it wasn't given to us, you know, maybe it's because our God is the God of justice. Right. Maybe it's because our creator, Love justice and righteousness, and he himself wants things to be right. Right. Um, just a sign. You know, uh, relationships and marriage often um, often encounter tension because people don't recognize this. Yep. And, and we carry this notion that the other person in this relationship is meant to fulfill all of me. Uh, and then when they can't, because they're only human— then people are disappointed or frustrated or, or a kind of anger or bitterness can, can enter in when really it's, it's another sign. It's another sign that, no, my fulfillment doesn't totally happen uh, within this created world, that there's something more that's needed, that I'm, my heart is made for the infinite. Uh, and while my relationship with my significant other, a wife or husband, while it... Uh, while it opens up this desire, makes me realize this desire, it doesn't itself fulfill that. Right. And I, for me, that's probably the takeaway, uh, or well, one of the takeaways from this is that um, we need to stop looking, frankly, to any created reality to fulfill us. And like John pointed to Jesus, we must look to Christ to fulfill us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because John, again, not only uh, indicates that we need something more, Right, that we're not enough for ourselves, but he also uh, points to it. When Jesus walks by, points to the Lamb of God and says, Behold, the one who takes away the sins of the world. And that will wrap up with this episode of Ignition. To me, again, Father, the takeaway, with the birth of John the Baptist, he points us to Jesus. Amen. 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 Um, if you got questions about anything that we discussed today, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, ideas for future episodes as well, or tweet us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag 
ignition. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.